Good afternoon. I'm Kelsey Litchfield, and we just finished Ace's Twitter chat about trouble in the field, managing diseases and insect pests and crops. So we talked about how diseases and insects can impact yield and the quality of field crops in Illinois and what can farmers do to manage that. So first, I have our experts sitting right here. I'll go ahead and have you introduce yourselves and tell me about your role in the College of Aces. So my name is uh, Nathan Klachewski. I'm the Extension Field Crop Plant Pathologist here at the University of Illinois. And uh, my role here is to basically address grower management concerns as they uh, relate to diseases and uh, you know, work with the growers to address uh, pathogen issues through applied research. And Nick? I'm Nick Sider. Uh, I'm an Extension Field Crop Entomologist uh, with the Department of Crop Sciences here at the University of Illinois. And my role is to help uh, develop insect management practices for producers in Illinois, particularly in corn and soybean. Okay, before we dig in, I want to talk about, for anyone that's listening that maybe doesn't have a big background in agriculture, how do pests or diseases, how do those come about? Why do we see them out in the fields? Nick? Uh, You know, there's a variety of environmental conditions that all play a factor in that. Host plants play a factor in what's favored in one year and what's not. And because it's a complex system, uh, the insect pest problems that we have from year to year can vary tremendously. But generally, when you have a susceptible host um, over a wide area uh, and favorable environmental conditions, that's where you can see uh, an increase in certain types of insect pests. Do you want to add to that, Nathan? Yeah, and it's it's very similar with uh, with diseases, and you got to keep in mind when we're we're producing crops out there, we're producing large acreages of the same crop, so uh, monocultures basically, and so you have a lot of target areas for for diseases um, or pests. I don't want to speak out of turn to uh, to attack plants, and and so the larger the acreage, the more often that same plant is being planted in the field, the more likely over time you're going to develop an issue from a disease standpoint. So from the Twitter chat, we hit it right off the bat, were, what were the pest or disease issues producers should be thinking about for this upcoming growing season? They're in the fields now, but how should they be thinking towards a growing season? So right now, in terms of insects, the, the big thing that's happening is moths are flying. And so we have a black cutworm moths, which are flying right now. In a little over a week, uh, the first of those larvae will be big enough that they can damage corn. So that's an issue that growers should be looking at as they plant. Uh, More long-term, we're concerned with the development of resistance to Bt corn, the the toxins that are expressed in Bt corn by the western corn rootworm in particular. That's one of the most pressing issues that we have right now. And on the disease side, what should they be looking for? Well, right now we're, uh, you know, the wheat's finally starting to take off a little bit, and we do have striped rust that's been confirmed in the state. And the uh, conditions, environmental conditions over the last 10, 14 days or so have been perfect to spread and move striped rust um, throughout the state. So initially it was found in the, I guess, the southeast part, and I would expect that it's probably moved a little bit and started to develop a little more there as well. Um, now that growers are going to be going into fields and going to start planting their corn and maybe getting some soybean in the ground, mm-hmm. um, they're going to be thinking about probably some of these seedling diseases and things like that that, that tend to be an issue early in the season. 
you answered my next question. I was going to ask if we had seen any confirmations, and you you were right ahead of the ball on that. One thing I do want to talk about is something that's been the news, especially in farmers' mind, has been the late winter. Um, some say they are starting planting late. Some say they're not, but it's definitely been colder, a little bit wetter. How has that affected whether it's been diseases or pests out in the fields? Sure. Insects in general, they're cold-blooded. The warmer it is, the faster they develop. Um, and just like the plants that are out there, when you have cool conditions, that does slow them down. However, when those plants are developing more slowly, uh, that kind of opens the window of opportunity for some of the early season insect pests to cause damage. In terms of the winter, the winter we had this last year, it was cold. Um, It wasn't a lot of fun for us. Most of the major insect pests that we have in Illinois are pretty well adapted to that. Uh, There's no no real reason to think that it was cold enough to reduce uh, corn rootworm numbers, for instance. So it didn't completely wipe them out, unfortunately. (laughs) Uh, No, (laughs) no, unfortunately it did not. And what about disease? Did the late winter weather have anything to do with the diseases you might see in the upcoming growing season? So the most common diseases we see, uh, similar to the insects, are pretty well adapted. They're they're resistant to cold temperatures. So, um, for example, gray leaf spot or northern corn leaf blight, um, yeah, those aren't aren't going to be affected. But the obligate pathogens that require living hosts, like the rusts, those are the ones that are likely to be more affected by a, a cold winter. And so they need to blow in from the south every year. They overwinter where it's warmer. The longer the winter or the, uh, the more pronounced the winter, the, the less likely that they are to enter our state early in the season when plants are very susceptible. So the yield losses are likely to be less pronounced mm-hmm. from those diseases due to the winter. That's good to know. One thing I kind of want to switch, we talked about colder weather, and I've seen outlook forecasts talking about a hotter summer. Um, so switching gears a little bit, looking towards the summer growing season, what are your thoughts about that? Again, similar to the cold, most of the major pests we have aren't going to be affected too much by that, though development is sped up when it's a little bit warmer. There are a few insect pests out there that are susceptible to really hot temperatures. Soybean aphid is one of those, and we haven't had major problems with soybean aphid in recent years, but when it gets really hot, that particular insect uh, doesn't do so well. Most of them that we have are going to do just fine if it's warm. A few of them are going to do a little bit better if it's warm. A corn earworm would be an example of one of those. And on the disease side, Nathan? Um, Well, it kind of depends, but a lot of times when I think of of heat, I kind of think of stress on the plant. And anytime you're you're stressing out the the plant, when uh, like corn, you get that ear out there and you end up with really hot weather and drought stress. Uh, you put your 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 plant at um, more at a stage where it might be more susceptible to stalk rots and things like that, and some similar things can happen in soybean as well. So if if we are planting into wet soils, uh, a lot of times we can get early infection of the roots by some of these stem diseases uh, in corn and also in soybeans, and then when it becomes hot, middle of the season, later in the season. Um, that plant becomes more susceptible to that stalk rot or stem rot phase, and so you can have issues with lodging and, and things like that. So charcoal rot's a great yeah. example. So there's always something to worry about, whether it's cold or hot or wet or dry. So um, One of the questions I found intriguing in the Twitter chat was talking about scouting. Now, I've been out in the fields. I'm not a scouter or anything, but do you have any scouting tips for farmers that want to go out in the field and say, hey, I can't call you up last minute, but I'd like to look myself? What tips do you have for them? 
on insects, one of the things that's really important is to train yourself to be consistent. Uh, so if you're using a sweep net to scout, for instance, you want to make sure you're using that net properly, uh, that you're getting it down into the canopy and that you're using a consistent technique every time. Some people like to bounce that net off the top of the canopy. Some people like to go through and, and make a salad with it and catch all the leaves off there, swing a little too hard. Uh, you want to get somewhere in the middle where you're doing that consistently every time. There's no real shortcuts to scouting for insects, unfortunately. Uh, you do have to get out into your individual fields and find out what's going on in those fields because those populations are so variable. Uh, they're not uniform over a wide area like maybe we would uh, like for them to be. Uh, it can vary tremendously from field to field and even within a field on the edge versus the interior, depending mm -hmm. on what insect you're talking about. And now scouting for diseases... I mean, sometimes they can go in and find them, or should they just be calling you, Nathan, to come out and scout their fields? <laughs> yeah, I can't scout everybody's field. But, you know, the, the thing with diseases is there are certain times a year where you're going to more likely encounter certain diseases, and so you kind of want to target those times of, uh, of the year. Um, when I think of diseases that are really important to look for, uh, if you hear there's an alert, and I mentioned stripe rust earlier, you hear that there's stripe rust nearby, you probably should start scouting your fields more often. If you're on the fence about making a fungicide application in corn or soybean, going out in your fields a few weeks beforehand and seeing what diseases are there and where they are in the canopy can really help you out in making that decision whether or not you're, you're going to see an economic return from that. One of the things I like to do or tell people is you get out in your field, uh, do 10 to 20 sites randomly out in the field. Just make sure you're getting out there. Keep track of what diseases you have and know the history of the field and also know what hybrid or, or uh, variety that you plant, depending on what crop it is, know what they're susceptible to so you know kind of what you're more likely to encounter in a year. That's some good advice. What didn't I ask or what didn't we include in the Twitter chat that you think they should know around this topic of pests or diseases? What comes to your mind? One thing we didn't cover uh, is the idea of fungicide resistance development. And uh, that's something that we've been seeing more issues with in our field crops, uh, particularly around frog eye leaf spot and soybean. And uh, growers do need to be aware that we have limited tools uh, for fungicides. They work really well, but the more frequently we use them, the more likely we're going to have more issues with fungicide resistance. And so they need to be making um, smart decisions in terms of what needs to be sprayed and when and if they don't have to pull that trigger um, then by all means don't don't feel like you have to do it. Nick do you have anything to add? Yeah it's a very similar situation when it comes to insects and insecticide resistance. We talked a little bit about resistance to Bt potentially developing. Resistance develops to insecticides, it develops to crop rotation, it can develop to any control tactic that's out there and anything that's relied on too much uh, can be lost because of that issue. Another thing we didn't talk about is the method that we use for deciding when a control tactic is necessary or it's not, which is the use of an economic threshold. Um, identifying that point, that level of insect populations or insect damage that's out there in the field that justifies a treatment or a control tactic to be put out there for a specific insect pest. Uh, so learning how to, how to use those thresholds and become confident in those thresholds is important when you think about how to manage insect pests uh, 
economically um, and to make sure that any controls you're out there putting out there are going to provide a return on that investment. Now, I know we could talk about this topic all afternoon probably, and but how else can followers learn more about this topic? Do you guys have Twitter handles, blogs that you would like to include? Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm on Twitter. I'm IL Plant Doc on Twitter. I also have a uh, my own blog and web web page, the Illinois uh, Field Crop Disease blog, and that's that's something we just got established here in the last couple of weeks. But I'll be adding more material as the year progresses, and and maybe when we get after we get things out in the field and things slow down, you'll you'll see more up there. But you can subscribe and get updates whenever there's new new blog articles and things like that put up there. Uh, I'm on Twitter as well. I'm at Nick Sider. Uh, post articles to the bulletin regularly, and as the the field season starts, I hope to post uh, a little more frequently. I've been a slowpoke on developing my website, but I'll, I'll have a similar website up. Uh, soon that I'll be, you know, singing from the mountaintops as far as the uh, the URL for mm-hmm. that, um, and we'll be using that to provide updates as well. Yeah, I guess it's starting to be the busy season for both of you, so I'm glad we got to catch up with you guys today and talk about this topic. Followers can tune back into Twitter and see what we talked about, and of course, listening to this podcast. Thanks for coming, guys. Yeah.